Hello and welcome to Aviary Paragraph, the podcaster for birds who love birders who love all things which are bird-oriented and also all things which may involve birds. Aviary Paragraph is brought to you by Pacific Thought Foods, seller of the best-selling Peter Piper Pickle and Borzoi Books, the new book publishing venture of Armand Drake Publishing, as well as Pico Bueno Park System, serving the greater Thurston County area. Hello and welcome to this uh, first cast of our show, Aviary Paragraph. Glad to have all you sponsors aboard. On this uh, cast, on this cast, we will be filling you in on all the gossip that's fit to spill in a in a birder's world. I, of course, am your showrunner here at Aviary Paragraph, Zan Mars, and I'm gonna tell you guys out there in podcast land, we have quite a few tricks up our sleeve. As far as things go, this podcast, today we will be discussing sounds, events, and of course that lowliest of animal that we all know here as the bird. With me as always is my co-showrunner, try saying that fi- th- uh, Try saying that th- three times fast, his name is uh, Martin Salinas, bird extraordinaire and wildlife enthusiast. Martin, hey. let's start with what I call the birder's hello. This one comes to us from http colon slash slash bushwhackingbirder.com slash general slash say dash hello slash. It's a reputable blog on birding which hosts blog entry titles as varied as beach bunting to the main purpose of this blog to help birders find uncommon birds in their area. And the post admin user Bob C mentions that quote unquote Probably my biggest problem with birding is that birders do not say hello. So from one birder to another, I say hello to you. Hello to you, Zan. That was direct to the audience. (laughs) So in preparation for this show, I find that you had something which you wanted to say to me? Uh, No. No, you... Well, it was revolving around the... The, uh, the fish stories and the, the sort of tall tales that uh, fishermen tell in relation to the much shorter and more precise, you know, uh, you know concise um, accounts which birders, you know, really afford us to listen into. I know we get in a lot of calls lately <clears throat> about uh, birding, birders and birds, and um, I was just kind of thinking about that and how, you know, fish stories, you know, you gotta, you know, people say, that's a that's a big fish or there was that that movie that came out big fish and there's a lot of uh, sort of tall tales that are told yeah no i i, I remember we, t- we talked about that uh just kind of thinking you know you got birders out there all across uh, all across the globe really and they all kind of very interested in accuracy whereas uh, fishermen not so much well and yeah and i know that definitely when you're fishing you know um, it's much more of a, a leisure sport, whereas with birding, it's more of a, um, it's more of a, less of a sport. Oh, definitely, definitely. You know, it's more of a, a game, sort of like, uh, you'd say about a game like chess or, you know, parcheesi, some sort of board game. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I see where you're coming from. All, you know, my angle on the whole thing is that I just feel like birders should be a little bit more like fishermen. And sometimes, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's all about a good story. Just exaggerate. Tell them you saw, tell them you saw something you didn't see. Uh, tell them you uh, saw more of something that you did see. Totally. Just make it, make it a little better. Yeah. Well, we thought as a fun beginning of the podcast of podcasts we would begin by focusing our research in on one bird that's right one special bird that is a very lucky bird um it is known to a layman as the greater sage grouse this bird's name in the western world is often identified as centroceris Eurofishanus, anus uh or the greater sage grouse now the reason i chose this bird on our first episode it's kind of a flashy bird it's a bit of an unusual bird, and I, and I kind of want to bring that sort of parallel to the show that, that you know, this type of bird is, um, you know, kind of a flashy guy. We're, we're going to be a flashy show. We're going to be a sort of a rare show which we birders spot or, or you know, desire to, to spot, spot. Yeah, you want to add that one to your life list. Yeah, well, you know, and, I, and I, you were telling me before the show that you had actually, you hadn't seen a, um, <clears throat> a greater sage grouse, but you had seen other grouses? Yeah, I haven't seen a greater sage, but uh, frequently seen grouse. Now, what uh, is your favorite grouse that you've seen? Rough grouse. Rough? It, that's the only one I've seen. So you've only seen one other specific type of grouse? Well, I've seen city grouse as well, but uh, that's another story. Well, but you just said that's the only one that you saw. Was that the? Well, you know, getting back to what I was saying before, um, this is the point of the show where I, I, you know, I turn to my my colleague here, Martin Salinas, for an esteemed opinion on this subject. So, could you tell our listening audience how many grouse plumes you have had the uh, chance to spot while you were uh, pussyfooting amongst the sage? Uh, you know. I haven't really pussyfooted among the sage, so how <laughs> could I go with a okay. pretty big zero on that one? <clears throat> so this is a point of sh- um, In closing, uh, <laughs> if anybody has a chance to check out the Wikipedia page on the Greater Sage Grouse, there are some pretty amazing resources there for grouse enthusiasts to look at. In particular, I'd like to mention the picture titled A Male Strutting at a Lek, taken by Jeannie Stafford, on the Wikipedia page. We will, of course, have a link to that Wikipedia page on our website page or you can of course get to that by googling greater sage grouse that's g-r-e-a-t-e-r-s-a-g-e-g-r-o-u-s-e dot c-o-m or greater sage grouse and with that i do want to show a little bit of you know what a little surprise for you martin i know that you said you'd never seen a greater sage grouse here actually is a male greater sage grouse, Adelec, performing a oh, wow. bit of a uh, strut display. I'll just take a look at that. Oh my and goodness. For you um, viewers out there, the greater sage grouse here is, um, <clears throat> what would you call that that part of its body? It's kind of an unusual, uh, <laughs> unusual section of its body there that it's uh, displaying. Yeah, you can see the front side of uh, the bird looks like a sliced uh, watermelon almost. Yeah. Kind of puffing up its air sacs. So uh, is that the air sac of the bird? That That's uh, the air sacs are being puffed up. It sounds like it's... And how does that uh, make you feel? Uh, you see those? You know, it uh, kind of, uh, 
good. I would say it's certainly a, a marvel of nature, but at the same time, uh, a little uncomfortable. A little uncomfortable. Oh, we got the slow-mo yeah, shot coming slow here. Kind of helps you define what's going on. I still don't know, you know exactly what it is, but... Yeah, now that is just. I tell you, it's a lot of fun to watch, though. If any, if any of our viewing audience out there did want to check that video out again, <clears throat> that's a YouTube video. But you know, and you one gotta the, check that out. You, yeah, that's you, one you gotta check out. You should check it out. That's what I'd say. But one of the other things I would say is for the birders out there, we actually need to stop watching as many YouTube videos. I think. Oh, I think I I know. You what know you're what saying. I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So oftentimes we'll catch ourselves on a computer. Maybe spotting some uh, pics other birders have posted. Maybe some videos like the one I just showed you. We actually have to stop this sort of behavior in order to get ourselves outside and, and move amongst the birds and kind of spot them ourselves. Yeah, so let's just make that a challenge. How about that for our listeners? This next week, mm. you find yourself mm. looking up a little photo album of birds, watching okay. a little video. I'm going to challenge you. Go ahead and put that computer down. Get up, go outside, bring your, of course, binoculars. I'm assuming you have those with you. Yeah, or a spotting scope or as well. Or a spotting scope and uh, get out there. Find a bird, even if it's in your yard. So you actually had said to me earlier that you, the uh, this particular type of grouse that we're talking about now, this greater sage grouse, that you had not actually seen that grouse. Never seen that grouse in, uh, but in person. But you did just actually watch that video. <laughs> oh, yeah, I just watched that video. So Would it's... love to see it in real life. Well, but... This is real. This is real life. I, I'd have to say. So I'm, I'm not sure, you know, what do you think about that? I mean, have did you see the greater sage grouse just now? Yeah, that's a funny one. You know, uh, I saw that bird. Am I going to go putting that on a, on any uh, one of one of my number of Excel spreadsheet lists that I keep? Probably not. You're keeping Excel spreadsheet list of your birding you know what birds you see or yeah what what i see when i saw it uh also the county city state that i've seen it in uh, uh i do a little listing oh that's that's pretty cool um so you know going into that you were also saying that although you have not seen a greater sage grouse in you know quote unquote real life you had um been uh, involved in the restoration of the greater sage grouse am i right about that <laughs> no 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 you're not oh I, well you were saying that you had some some information about the latest news that the conservation of the greater sage grouse has been taken off oh i know that the yeah, status yeah the greater sage grouse so, is a listed bird as an endangered species and you had said you'd been involved in that no uh, okay all right i see <laughs> Um, <clears throat> now, uh, what, uh, what do you think about that greater sage grouse, uh, sort of involvement in the, um, in the sort of endangerment list, that conservation list that we, we get? Yeah, I think, uh, you got the greater sage grouse. It's a, it was a, it was a listed species pretty, uh, clearly the result of uh, same kind of threats a lot of birds face, habitat fragmentation, habitat loss. Uh, it's not so much, you know, individuals going out and taking these birds as much as it is uh, just that sort of uh, that habitat loss okay. or the, the separation of that habitat. You don't have good connectivity, uh, good mosaics of habitats. And through the, the years of hard work, 
and restoration, my understanding is that that bird has actually oh. rebounded enough, enough habitat has been provided, that it is no longer listed as an endangered species. Wow, that, that's so interesting. So for the next segment of this show, um, we will begin with uh, what we call Spotter Sound. This is a game for all you viewers out there and for you, Martin, in the studio. All right. Um, that I am really excited about. I got to tell you, I am really excited about this, um, this game that we're about to play here. So I talked to you guys a little bit about this before we uh, started the show. Uh, can you explain us what this segment's all about? Yeah, so Spotter Sound, what we're going to be doing is playing a variety of sounds. Uh, some of these sounds are going to be non-bird sounds. Some of these sounds are going to be bird sounds. And in Spotter Sound, uh, here in the studio, we'll be guessing what the sounds are. Callers, we'll be having callers guess what the sounds are. Well, so, not this program, though, because this is our actually our first program. So it's just going to be you guessing the sounds. There are three sounds. Are you ready for sound number one? I am ready. Okay, and we're going to play that sound for you now. I should know this one. Yeah, this is kind of a tough one. This was submitted to us by J.C. Guan. Hmm. I'm thinking of a small bird here. Definitely a bird for our spotter sound here. This is definitely yeah, this a bird. Yeah, this is one of this. The first sound is a bird sound on spotter sound. The second sound is a bird sound and another sound at the same time. And the third sound is is just another sound. Zan, you've got me stumped. All right. Well, we actually didn't write down what this uh, sound was before the show. So we actually are going to just have to keep that one a mystery for you viewers out there. Now, here's a second sound we have for you. Um, and Martin, you, of course, are the one who play, playing spotter sound, so you're going to have to guess this sound. All right. And here's that sound. I'm going to go with a uh, toilet flushing and a dove of some kind. That was sent in to us by uh, Grizzegors. Grizzegors? It's a G-R-Z-E-G... O-R-Z-A-D-A-M-H-A-N-K-I-E-W-I-C-Z. And yeah, you're correct on that one. That would be a dove and flushing toilet. All Very right. interesting sound. Uh, I, I really enjoyed making that one up in the studio today. <laughs> Good job. Thanks. So here, here comes that third sound we have for you. This, this sound does not contain a bird. And we'll play that for you uh, again yeah, one more time in case you didn't that ch one. catch that. That one was submitted <clears throat> by Ezwa, and it's titled E-U-H. That's uh, three. I'm going to say that's some kind of uh, vocal warm-up exercise. That's actually uh, <clears throat> also wasn't uh, wrote down, so we don't actually know that sound, what that sound is as well there was no um sort of demarcating note for what that sound was and so that one is also gonna have to be have to be uh left a, a mystery now we have that sample sound that our viewers are going to look at so this was one that you are not supposed to guess and <laughs> until next week uh here is that sample sound for next week 
This is sound four on Spotter's Sound. This is for you viewers. It's kind of an interesting sound. Definitely got good timing. Good timing on that sound. And, um, you know, this is our, our sort of our Thanksgiving edition show, so it's kind of a interesting sound to have around on this on uh, to have around on this time of the year uh it's it's got me uh you know i'm, I'm it's got me guessing though zando could i just uh take one little guess on that well I'm, I'm afraid you can but i'm also afraid that you'll have to next week and that was spotter sound so this next segment we have here is meant for everybody out there listening who wonders to themselves hmm where can I find more fun birding events for me to go to? And in some, ta uh, some cases, where, where, where can I find these events to potentially attend them? Uh, this is Plume Gawkers Happening. So, Martin, you've uh, attended many of these different uh, birding festivals and events in the past. Did love, you... Uh, love birding festivals. Love the... Fe yeah, that's, that's what you were telling me. And, you know, honestly, I was a little bit surprised on that, a little taken aback, honestly. Why is that? Well, you know, um, we each kind of have our own emotional response to things that other people say. So, you know, you just got to kind of take that, that in stride and let me um, <laughs> sort of stay uh, emotionally in my own place. So, um... <clears throat> Our, uh, uh, our plume gawkers happening this week is uh, actually what came to us from FloridaToday.com. Uh, it's called the Space Coast Birding Festival, scheduled for uh, January 20th to 25th. It's in its 19th year in 2016, and um, organizers are apparently expecting very big things. Apparently Thompson says, There is no other event like ours in the U.S. Most photography instructors work alone or in very small groups. The festival is the only place in the country where people who want to learn can pick from classes and field workshops offered by 19 professional photographers, all the same location at one time. He follows this up with the suggestion that people sign up soon. Now, um, I know that you had a chance before the show for at least four hours to kind of overview this article and uh, see what it kind of was all about and... And everything like that. Now, uh, do you have any sort of notes on uh, on kind of your your decision on? You know, I, I know that I know that Florida is a long way to go for this festival. I mean, given that we are we are uh, recording this show is actually a Pacific Northwest show. Yes, it is. Do you uh, do you kind of enjoy? <laughs> you ever been to Florida before? I know. Yeah, I've been you fishing know, in Florida. Fishing in Florida. You know, I I don't. This show is on birds, so. <laughs> You know, I'm not going to... This is kind of one of those going around in a circle type things. Oh, you know, yeah. the snake that eats its mm -hmm. tail. At the beginning of the show, you listeners out there will notice that we were talking about fishtails. And here now we're talking about this event in Florida. And it just so happens you last went down there to go fishing. That's right. Went out into the Gulf of uh, Mexico off of the Emerald Coast. This is a birding show, so we can't go into that any further. Now, would you like to discuss with us a little bit more about this uh, Space Coast Birding yeah, festival? yeah. Personally, I would, uh, I would never go to this festival. <laughs> that's that's uh, that's not what I want to hear. I mean, we're we're trying to. They said, uh, well, is that you'd never want to go to it unaccompanied? 
<laughs> no, I would never want to go to it at all. Wow. Okay. Yeah, now, why, yeah. why? Why is that? Yeah, they got this whole thing going on, uh, kind of moving towards the photography, and uh, they're talking in here about more and more birders are ditching their binoculars right, and digital scopes, scopes, and they're using uh, cameras, taking pictures, going home, and later identifying the birds. Right. So for me, as a wildlife enthusiast. Uh, call me old school, but uh, I say you keep the binoculars around your neck. You uh, you carry the spotting scope, and uh, you you've got to practice that sharpness of IDing the birds that's, in the field. That's got to be controversial in the birding community. It is to You'll, say you, something like that. Yeah, people. Uh, I mean, it, some people might even say that's disgusting. It's it'll it'll drive a wedge between birding groups. Well, that's understandable, though. Honestly, I mean. Because when you got to think about these birders out there, they they've they've got to be um, you know birding five, six, seven times a day. And when you go out there in the field, sometimes hey, guess what? I don't know every bird out there. I'm not gonna. I'm not you know every time I see a grouse, is it is it the greater sage grouse? Is it the lesser sage grouse? Is it, you know it, and when I see a when I see a grebe. Is it a is it a greater is it a greater grebe is it a lesser grebe, what type of grebe is it pie bill grebe, you have so many grebes out there and, you know sometimes I'm I'm gonna mistake that and 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 I'm gonna call that, you know you can call that you can call that just me but, hey, you know and, and this really comes back to it is uh, I don't think that uh, the point of birding is to go out there and feel like you you know you're the greatest birder and you can say what every bird is the second you see it. Uh, you know, personally, I like to go out with uh, no okay. field guide. I sure. take out a notebook and I take notes. So, okay. Helps me to, to you know, go back and really practice, hone my, my skills and observation. Wow. If I'm taking a picture, okay. I'm not really getting that same experience. Sure, sure. Okay, so I think we're going to have to disagree um, or to agree on this one. You know, the way I look at it is, uh, you know, some people use, uh, you know, Allen wrenches. Others use hex wrenches. So... Just that sort of similar vibe to birding, you know. I I, I don't like to bring up analogies, you know. You know, and when when I'm talking about birds, but this is a case where I'm going to have to. I think. Yeah, there's nothing. Uh, nothing kills a conversation more than an analogy. So, what do you um, think, though, about the different activities that they're offering in, in terms of non-digital photography? Is there anything there? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking at this and I'm seeing great field trip opportunities to some premier bird areas. Mm. Uh, you can get down to some wildlife viewing areas there. Well, you guys heard it from the birders' mouth. Uh, the Space Coast Birding Festival is a great place to go um, if you are in the area from January 28th to the 25th. It is again entering its 19th year in 2016. So, lastly, we have a segment called. The bird nuts um, flip through. We are here. Uh, we are also recommending a book for bird nuts uh, who are watching us on TV right now. This week we recommend Ah to Zid, The Words of Birds by Jen Beavis. Uh, this is published through the MIT Press. It's a book where uh, Mr. Beavis uh, uh, or Mrs. Beavis, you know, could be either or. I mean, those are really the... Anyhow, um, Mr. Beavis talks about um, bird sounds such as, uh, you know, they're as various as cuckoo to jug-jug, uh, pooey to... Uh, uh, this is one I think that you know and, and kind of aspire to, Martin. It's uh, two-wit-a-woo, 
or who 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 um william gass uh you know he's he's one of the reviewers of this book it's it's apparently a very interesting book it's a great read for uh bird nuts and um it's a great read for word nuts as well so we're talking all about the sounds in this book reading about right. the sounds and when onomatopoeia comes up you know i'm a big fan of onomatopoeia if it's used um infrequently so this bird this this book I thought it was was a great opportunity to kind of uh, explore kind of the, the things that I don't I'm not as interested in you know that's what this show is all about you know right you gotta kind of explore those things now did you read this book uh, no I did not you didn't we well we actually just read the reviews to this book and we got to say they're amazing uh, Martin that that that's very uh, helpful for us I think your sort of uh, preliminary overview of what the book is about yeah, I can tell you just uh, first impressions here. Many birders will, will certainly identify with this. Opening up a field guide, looking through the entries and seeing a series of pizus and tazas, uh, descriptions of bird calls, and they're going, I don't know what this is. This book, that's I, I feel like it could demystify some of that uh, bird onomatopoeia language. Wow. Well, that's it for this episode of Aviary Paragraph. Uh, we end you on this note that uh, this best podcast on birds on all of the internet, with uh, very few exceptions, um, leaves you with our final event of the evening. That's going to be called the uh, Final Cox Crow. And uh, this is just a time for Martin to tell his uh, birding story, kind of an interesting story. I've I got to tell you, I've been looking up online a lot of these bird bloggers who are out there constantly birding um you know i gotta tell you a lot of their stories aren't as interesting as i'd like to hear but i, I know martin i've known him for a while and i trust martin so with that I, I i hand the mic over to you yeah quick bird story uh had a good well we'd, we'd prefer it if the bird story was longer in length oh so uh good friend uh was traveling down to uh new mexico uh, going down to New Mexico to, to do some birding, uh, was with a group of people traveling in a bus. Hap so happens to be, uh, the, uh, leader of the field trip was sort of a, a leader who is notoriously known for, uh, being very inconsistent. Uh, in one moment, a very good, reliable person. And the mm. next moment, uh, oftentimes, uh, could be found, uh, driving buses through fences into fields, um, Wow, and that's pretty rash fights. for a leader. It's very rash for a leader, but uh, the man was a keen observer. And so sort of the, the rough around the edges personality. Right, when you want a birder, you want a, an observer, pretty much. Mm -hmm. That's what I've heard. That's what you want. So, uh, Did anyways, you like that about him? Love that about him. Okay. Uh, that's great. Took, a, took out that uh, group out into New Mexico doing a little... Uh, sort of cross-country birding. So they're not using any trails. They're not using any roads at this point. Now, where uh, was this exactly? New Mexico. New Mexico. Okay. Yeah, New Mexico. Interesting. I never know that uh, you've been over there. Yeah, so a group of people are, are birding kind of down in a in a little gully down there in New Mexico. Right. Uh, looking for warblers. You can, especially at the right time of year, you can pick up some of those Central American warblers that typically aren't going to be uh, seen really in, in the United States at all, wow. uh, briefly pop up some of those neotropical birds into 
the southern United States. Right, right. Uh, you know, but this trip, they found something other than a bird. Right. Well, that's a really interesting story, Martin. Um, you know, when we uh, here at the um, Aviary Paragraph are talking about birds, we're, we're dead serious, which is why I wanted to bring up this uh, next um, segment of the show where we kind of discuss things and of a more serious nature. This one is about birding gear. And uh, Martin, uh, I had heard that you had a, a recommendation about the binoculars for birders out there. Oh, yeah. So a lot of times people go into a store, they're looking for binoculars, and they're going, you know, a good binocular, good pair of binoculars is going to be high zoom. That's uh, kind of the first error that people make. Yeah, I love a high zoom. That high zoom is not your friend. What you need, you'll notice there are two numbers. On any pair of binoculars, you might have an 8 by 32, you might have a 6.5 by 24, and those two numbers correlate to give you a, a good sense of the quality of the binoculars. That first number is going to be your zoom, and that second number is going to be the diameter of the front lenses on the binoculars. That's going to tell you how much light comes into the binoculars. <clears throat> that amount of light is really what gives your brain the information to see the birds. So what you really want is a balance of zoom to light. That amount of light is very important. Now you're going to get a heavier pair of binoculars if you go for a, say, uh, X by 50 pair. Oh. But you're going to have a lot of information. Now the second thing is those big high zooms, those 9, 10s, even some people out there making 11s, which, by the way, purely gimmick, marketing gimmick. Those uh, high zooms, much harder to hold steady. You're going to get a lot more... Uh, vibration as you hold them huh. much harder to locate those uh, small perching birds um, and then also you're gonna have dimmer pictures the more zoom you have the, huh. the less light can actually get through so really? I'm just gonna say anything above uh, an eight eight and a half I would steer clear leave it for the spotting scope yeah you know you can spy a bird uh, you know via scope via binocs field glasses telescope uh, you know optical prism viewfinder magnifier um you know optical instrument or you know in the case of most laymen we, we you know you could use the eyes just visually searching around you looking for birds uh, it's interesting when you talk about that low zoom it's kind of like that whole back to the farm movement oh yeah like uh we're kind of um eating organic foods and things like that and that's it's kind of you know yeah like a granola thing right and, uh, you know, I, I noticed that earlier you'd said you were against digital equipment. I enjoy uh, digital equipment. But maybe not to the extent where I go out and buy it. Personally, I, I bird with my eyes. So we leave you today um, uh, with a little bit of a riddle here. Uh, okay, this one it comes to us from... Um, Zan Mars, how many species of penguins are out there um, right now? Do we know? Do we know here? And here's a little one for you viewers out there. Um, what is Zan Mars' favorite species? That's going to be a difficult one for you. Um, Martin, you want to take a whack at that? I'll let, I'll, I'll let you in on that one. All right. Zan Mars' favorite species. Uh, are we talking bird? Just a bird? No, no, no. This is just pe a penguin. Oh, a penguin. No, I'm no. Gonna... I, the guess. Guess how many species of penguins there are. Uh, I'm gonna go with 14. No. 
All right, our technical producer is Anna Glover. Our theme song is uh, by who I believe is called Par Paradin or Paradine or something like that. Um, you know, this is going out there to all the sort of uh, crazy, uh, you know, sort of bird lovers out there. Keep strutting your stuff, you know, and um, the sage grouse is with you. <laughs> We're all with you out, out here, and uh, we love you guys. Um, take care, and check us out. Check out our next uh, episode. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, I'm Zan, Zan Mars. Martin Salinas. Uh, signing off over here. Uh, you know, it's been great to, to hear you guys. It's been really good. So, take care. <laughs>